welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back for another week to talk some women's football. Lots of little things happening here and there, so let's crack into some chat about them. Today it's me, Marissa Lodanik, Anna Harrington, Sam Lewis and Angela Christian-Wilk. So we'll start things off as we usually do with some You Love to See It. So Harrod, do you want to kick us off with a You Love to See It? Yeah, I can kick us off. Um, I love to see um, well, previously prolific goal scorer Arda Hegerberg finally get on the score sheet again for Leon in that absolute thumping of PSG over the weekend. Um, she scored the last two goals of the match off the top of my head for all that Leon scored. And just you could tell how much it meant, like, you know, pulling at the badge, she had tears literally running down her face and she was still playing. Like, this isn't when the game's over. Like, this is after she's just scored teammates all get around her and you could just see it. it it meant so much because obviously she made the comeback and it was such a long like prolonged drawn out comeback with a few different setbacks with her knee in between it wasn't your standard ACL and it just took her so long to come back from and when you're a striker scoring goals you know it's your bread and butter it's what she's known for in particular and I can imagine she would have felt like she wasn't bringing everything to the table until she started putting in the back of the net. So one of the best in the world, getting back to what she's best at, you love to see it. We really, really do. Angela, are you love to see it? Yes, uh, completely shocking for me. I love to see Vivian Miedemar score a goal. Um, she does that sometimes. don't know if you guys have heard. And she did it in the very last, one of the last minutes of Arsenal's game this weekend against Spurs. Um Good bonk. It was like a big bonk. I don't know. It doesn't understand what I'm saying. Just a really sturdy, excellent header. She made this fantastic route. She managed to head it over people as well. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Um, and it was also a spicy match in the context of Spurs, like nearly getting the win. So um, they got the last minute equalizer last week. They got equalized against in the last minute this week. Very interesting. I also got in trouble from my father for talking about Spurs on this podcast. So I'm going to stop before I get into any more trouble. But yes, Vivian Miedemar's goal. Loved it. Good bonk. I got to stop saying bonk. But if, you know, you, like, you watch it and it's like it's, the sound is bonk. I can, also, I can imagine if- the cartoon like sound effect, but also her goal made me laugh because I feel like she had so many chances and that was probably one of, if not her most difficult, and that was the one she scored. Yeah. What's, also, what's Viv with the ponytail. Weird. Weird. Not sure how I feel about it. Anyway, that's a, a chat for another day. Sam, are you love to see it? Speaking of, I guess, players who wear their heart on their jersey sleeves, uh, my you love to see it this week was my daughter, Erin Cuthbert, being an absolute legend for Chelsea in their demolishing of Manchester City. Uh, Cuthbert was sort of positioned quite unusually this week. She was tasked with marking the absolutely on fire Lauren Hemp and did, according to Chelsea boss Emma Hayes, quote, an unbelievable number on her, which makes it sound like they got into a fight. But, you know, it was it's just footballing parlance. Um, she was amazing. She assisted a goal. It was one of her best performances, I think, in a Chelsea shirt because she, again, as Emma Hayes described it, she took one for the team. She did exactly what she needed to in the moment and she was able to neutralise one of Manchester City's greatest players. So Erin Cuthbert, my daughter, so proud of you. You love to see it. 
We need to get an official Lewis family tree just so the people know, like, what's actually going on in yes, that space. Absolutely. It needs alive. to be like the red strings. My family is large and it's growing. <laughs> and sometimes Sam forgets them. <laughs> only her wife. She only, only her forgets wife. them. <laughs> what a gal. Oh, Why did my brain just go to the time when my mum forgot about me and left me at a farm? I'm like, all mothers forget children sometimes. And how were your summer holidays anyway, Angela? <laughs> she came back to get me. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Don't I'm scar me at all. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move right along. To- we're tired and we're wired. As I said, yeah, I think this has officially um, set the tone for this pod. But anyway, let's talk about some things and some stuff. Matilda's squad, we had the announcement today. We've got a new batch of players ready to take on the US later this month. We had a couple of new faces, some players returning from injury, some players who are healthy once again, which we absolutely love to see. But all in all, a pretty decent squad, I reckon. Not too many surprises there. Sam, do you want to hit us with some initial thoughts and vibes? Yeah, it's it's not really uh, a, a surprising squad, is it? I mean, there are a couple of inclusions, perhaps, of the younger kids and the fringe players who are like, oh, that's you know, it's sort of nice to see them there. But largely, it's the kind of squad that I think everyone expected us to be putting up against the US Women's National Team, which is sort of ironic considering how different the US team is. We spoke about this in the last episode. It's filled with all of these young players, these fringe players, 10 players who don't even have a single cap yet. That's going to be a very different kind of proposition. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm excited by this. I'm excited by the fact that this squad that Tony has chosen seems to be quite finely balanced in the sense that we do have our core players, but at the same time, almost half of the squad are young and they are new and they are getting their first or second tastes of this setup, which is really great. And I hope that he is able to give them opportunities across both of these games, because really it's only by throwing them into the deep end that you can see if they can swim or not. So I really love, I mean, leaning into my brand, obviously I really love seeing the call-ups of uh, Charlie Rule and of Jessica Nash, who the latter of whom I'm particularly excited about and has been sort of praised quite widely as a future captain of the Matildas and is a center back. So ticks a whole bunch of different boxes there. Um, but I, I also love seeing Tegan Micah coming back into the fold. I like seeing Briley Henry being recalled. You know, a couple of younger players who I think have really big and important futures for the team are being consistently brought back into these camps against really good quality sides. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this for these uh, for these games. I think that this was a squad that was partly put together because Tony does want to win. Uh, and this is a team that he knows is capable of winning and of putting on good performances against top five national teams. Uh, but at the same time, I do hope that he's able to be a little bit more flexible and, and give some opportunities to some younger players who maybe we uh, haven't really seen too much of yet. No pressure on Jess Nash there. <laughs> One season at Canberra and future Matilda's captain. Um, I, I hope we do get to see her have a run, though. I'm a bit worried that she might just get bodied by a Lindsay Horan or a Lynn Williams sort. <laughs> she could blow away in a stiff breeze, I'll, I'll be yeah, We honest. saw that in the W League season, didn't we? Like, uh, if she'd gone to Fortress Epping too many times, she might not have uh, come back. But, yeah, I like your point there, Sam. And, yeah, Tony wants to win. He, he said as much. And the important thing to note as well um, is that it's the final camp before the Asian Cup. So he said there is a 
they want to get some final quote with some final answers and some players in terms of I guess whether they make the cut, but also there was some fine tuning. So we've seen, as you said, Sam, some really young players make an impact. They've impressed. Um, he really stressed that there is that core group of players, and it's just about I think finding everyone else who can work in around them. But the thing I really liked when he was talking about the squad was. Um, effectively like using this game as a, as a dress rehearsal for a potential World Cup final. Like we know that the US team isn't at its strongest. There's some players that they left behind, Europinos and Morgans, other big names, and there's obviously plenty of quality players. But there's still a lot there that um, I thought it was a good little flex from Tony on the presser. He sort of went, oh, yeah, a couple of these players, you know, Jane Campbells and this and that. Like they were there when I was there. I was like, it's like you're not pulling any Swifties on Tony G. Um, but... Yeah, it was, it was interesting. He was saying that this is very much like it's going to be played in the same stadium at Stadium Australia, playing the number one ranked team in the world, hopefully a record-breaking crowd. I want it's, You're never going to get closer than this opportunity to replicate what sort of matchup you could have at the World Cup in a couple of years' time. So they want to mimic everything. That's feeling the pressure, feeling the heat, having the media access and just taking it all on board Um you know, not shying away from any pressure, taking it on head on and embracing it and embracing the occasion. And I like that because we were talking about it in terms of the Brazil games right at the end where a few inexperienced players um, got thrown into the fray. I think it was Nevin Beard and Briley Henry and, you know, two all in a, albeit friendly match against one of your rivals, that's where you get to see what sort of medal they've got. So it's that sort of vibe again. You can only have so much competitive football, especially when you don't have World Cup qualifiers. And I like that they're trying to make this as competitive as they can. And, yeah, he clearly wants to win. He said, and what I did like was he said that they want to win, but they want to do it their way. Like, so that means I don't think we're going to see maybe some of that really defensive play that we saw at the Olympics. We might see more of that back four attacking vibes. And I think he mentioned the back four or the 4-3-3 when talking about bringing players like Razo and Gilnick who might not play a whole lot but need to get up to speed back into the fold. So, yeah, it's exciting. Not too many surprises, as you say, Sam, but strong squad, plenty to like about it. My only vibe is I'm like going to be like, I am once again excited to hopefully see Carly Ross back in good minutes. And I'll say it again in the hope that it happened. Maybe I'm cursing her. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening here. But anyway. Yeah, agree with you both. It was very, um, it was very kind of comforting that like it was a very familiar squad given the recent context of the Matildas as well. Um, and yeah, moving forward will be interesting again to see what names will be recurring. And I think maybe the next set of what will be Asia Cup, won't it? Oh my goodness! But the the young names that we see go to the Asia Cup. They will probably. I think that's going to be a strong indication for you know the Tillies of the future and the ones that Tony, you know, has, um, I guess, consolidated an opinion on or whatever it might be. So, yeah, and also did some quick maths. 99 plus 1 is 100. So Tamiki Yallop, she's her entry. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? I'm sure you had that on your spreadsheet already, Marissa. But um, so you're stealing Marissa's shtick there. That's very much a thing. She's like, and Steph Catley's on 94. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, if Steph Catley plays six more games, she will also be on 100. And Lydia Williams isn't far away. I, now I'm stealing Marissa's thing. Good Lord. Anyway, um, as we said, there's 
A couple of new faces, Har I think alluded to it, we've got Razo and Gilnick back, which is very exciting after their kind of respective injury woes, but I think they will be kind of eased back into things. We've also got, I'm really excited that Micah and Mackenzie Arnold are both back after their kind of uh, things that kept them out of the October window. So obviously Micah had the concussion and Mackenzie Arnold literally had the Roni. So stoked that they're both healthy and well enough to be uh, picked for the squad again. We mentioned that Yollop is not too far away from a hundo and Emily Gilnick is not too far away from her 50th cap. So lots, there's just lots of little bits and pieces that are all kind of making this a really kind of big occasion and can't stress enough how excited Tony was about this, this game at Stadium Australia and how much he wants it to be an event and a you know, something really, really big. So, again, going to plug it. If you're in Sydney, if you can get to Sydney, go to Stadium Australia, get your tickets. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be apparently a, a dress rehearsal for a World Cup final. So, you know, it comes with Tony Gustafson's, like, approval. So you can't really get much better than that. And we're going to be there. It's going to be fun. And we're going to be there. Fabulous going to be at both games. Yes, as I said, if you can, get down to the games, buy your tickets. It's sure to be a great time, both at Stadium Australia and McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So get around it. Obviously, if you can't, Channel 10 will have you covered with all of the viewing stuff. So it's very close. I didn't realise how close the games actually were until I started getting, like, reminders to, you know, check into your flights to get to Sydney and whatnot. So very exciting stuff. It also is really good that a lot of the players are kind of coming into this camp in form, you know, from all the uh, various places that they are playing. And I know we had a couple of thoughts and just talking points about how good these players are doing overseas. And there was big news this morning. Harrow, did you want to talk about the the big Aussie news this morning? Was that big news? Yes, Sam Kerr has extended her stay at Chelsea until uh, mid-2024, which is great. She basically said it was a no-brainer um, and, you know, she's won so many golden boots, but none of them really compare because it's all about winning trophies. And as we know, she's experienced a lot of that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a you love to see it and how good. It's great to see um, our most important player bed in so well at her club and thrive and become a better player. We've talked about it at length not just me, the whole pod, about how she's improved under Emma Hayes and at Chelsea and um, actually asked Tony um, about this in today's presser and he was just wrapped. He basically said, you know, if Sam's happy, she's going to be playing well. It's going to be good for the team. She's challenging herself. She's got great club mates. She's got great coaches. She's thriving in the environment, which is a great thing for Matildas and it's making her better as well. So it's a it's a real win-win situation. Um, we know not every player has had a positive experience in Europe, but it's so good to see Samka, especially after some early doubts. And um, you can now see, I think it's evident when you look at other players like a Jesse Fleming, for example, how keen Emma Hayes is to just let her players really bed in and find their feet and find their niche. And they play a system that works for her and that's translated to her continuing her red hot form at national team level. So hopefully it continues. It's uh, great news for Sam and for Australian football. Good on you, Sam. Thanks. It's always good I can target both with one line. <laughs> two, two birds, one stone. But our Sam, you also were very impressed with one of our Aussies abroad. 
Oh, yes. My fave, my gal, Claire Wheeler, scoring her second goal for Fortuna Hoering over the weekend. It helped them to get a 2-0 win, which meant that they have secured their qualification for next season's Champions League, which is amazing. Fortuna Hoering just seemed to be an Aussie hub in Europe at the moment alongside Arsenal, right? You've got Claire Wheeler there, you've got Angie Beard, you've got India Page Riley. Uh, and you got Alex Hun, and they're all being sort of overseen by a former Matilda as well. So that's really exciting, and it's really great to see that Claire has taken that jump. We spoke about it when she signed, but that she's really embracing it as sort of similar lines to you, Harry, that she's found, finding her feet there. She's being played in a way that she really flourishes in, and she's scoring banging Claire Wheeler goals as well. And, you know, she is being rewarded for that by being recalled back into the Matildas ahead of this friendly series against the US as well. So it's just, yeah, it's great stuff all around. Isn't it so good, Sam, that considering a few months ago in the W League season, I know I asked for work. I think you might have as well. And even when we had her on the pod, Claire was very much like, I've got my job at Macquarie Bank. I reckon yep. I'll just work and see if I can work towards 2023. It was clearly amongst the players that got told, you might be a chance a bit earlier if you get on a plane and go somewhere and has taken the opportunity with both hands. Um, when you're on the fringes or you're trying to make your mark, it's making those decisions that are going to, set you apart from the rest and give you the opportunities. And it's great to see that she's embraced it because, you, I mean, it's not like us where we could go and have a career at any time. As a footballer, you you really got such a limited window and it's great to see players like Claire, as you say, Sam, take it head on and just go and do it. And she's deserving this and she's going to get to play, um, you would think, in front of home fans in Sydney, but also in Newcastle being a, a Novocastrian. So that's really exciting. And yeah, it's been good to see a few players manage to to do that as well. Twice you like started heading in the direction of like you were going to say take something by the scruff of the neck and then you just kind of veered at the last second and I was you like. You know, I didn't. <gasps> I didn't have it in my, it wasn't there. Normally it's right there, ready to go. Twi- but- it was It was the meme where, you know, the cars, you know, just kind of thrown it to the other side and they're <laughs> taking the exit. And She hasn't done it yet. She did that in the W League season. She might, she might do it in Denmark at some point, like take games by the scruff of the neck, but she hasn't done it for Matilda's level just yet. So no, Claire, Claire doesn't get my uh, my buzzword until she she does it. I've got, got no doubt it's going to come, though. Maybe Absolutely. We, we will see. We will see. Um, other Aussies abroad just doing good things. Ellie Carpenter continues to just shine for Leon. She was, I think, one Literally, of the... Literally, have you seen her hair? It is... Very, it is real bright, slim, shady, and <laughs> it's so you could reflect stuff off it. It is platinum. You can't, you cannot miss her. But no, she's doing what she does best: uh, drop an assist, just being an all-round excellent player. So we love seeing that. Steph Catley uh, scored an absolute banger in the Champions League last week. It was voted goal of the week. It was that good. So would definitely recommend getting onto the YouTubes and finding that one because it was very, very good. But it's just, it's really nice that there are so many Aussies abroad and they're all doing really good things. So it's good for, you know, the the game as a whole and for all of us that there's players out there getting game time, doing things, getting better. Just, it's good times all around. You could guide a ship home with Ellie Carpenter's hair. (laughs) Shine a bright light on it and it, it reflects like a mirror. You know, like if you're a, a midfielder, fleet could come in. Sam, into if you're a, like, into a bear. 
if you're a goalkeeper or a centre back or a midfield, you just got no excuse for missing her runs, do you? <laughs> Where's Ellie? Oh. There was just a comet streaking down the, the right wing. Oh no, it was Ellie Carpenter. Oh, it's going to be, it's it's like Hallie's Comet, like how everyone has to sort of sit around and like put in their calendars when it's going to fly by. And we're all just going to sit there and wait and watch as this beautiful white streak just screams past us. But it's going to be for probably a grand title of 180 minutes over the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be, you can call it Hallie's Comet if Razo starts getting back on the right wing again, Sam, as well. Ching, ching. Yeah. Angela didn't deserve this level of suffering. <laughs> We're loose. We'd love to loose. see it. Well, just a brief tidbit of news out of the um, A-League Women competition. Um, we saw the season launch because the A-League men starts this week. So uh, Melbourne, Victor and City both had players um, at a launch the other day. But Kayla Morrison, um, everyone's favorite uh, American has been named victory captain taking over from Angie Beard who's obviously just one of the many Aussies Sam mentioned um, doing their thing in Denmark um, yeah obviously a pretty prolific rise playing in PLW last season was the first time she earned a contract in the wake of the Matilda's exodus and is now victory captain had a standout season last year fun little tidbit she's working towards permanent residency here um wouldn't wouldn't be drawn too heavily on uh, whether she wants to switch allegiances and maybe go for a Matilda spot just as really played it down. Sort of, you know, if I play the way I play and I do the right things, doors can open and things can happen. I would really like that to happen because we need more and more centre-back depth. So if Kayla Morrison, who was one of the standout defenders in the W League last season, is 25, has her best years ahead of her, can get residency, citizenship, However it works, athletes seem to get things sped up for them and get put into contention. I'd be pretty happy with that. So fun little tidbit just before the season. Hashtag Morrison for Matilda's. Also in the rundown when you wrote is working on her PR, I was like her public relations? Like is she getting a degree in public relations? I was very confused. Doing a press conference? Yeah. I'm just going to do these for practice, you know. All right. Brain, brain empty. Anyway, now some real serious dub stuff. Angela, you have done a lot of research. You've put a lot of time and effort into this. It's something that the people, I think one person asked for, but we're very keen to hear. In light of Taylor Swift re-releasing Red, you are going to present us with the A-League Women's Clubs as Red Songs. Yes, and um, shout out to Nick <laughs> who requested this after I posted on my Instagram with the final, like the current contestants of The Bachelorette as Red Songs. Um, I haven't done all the clubs. I just didn't feel like shoehorning it, you know. But I do have, I think I've come up with some good matches here. Um, so I'll just go alphabetically, I reckon. Yeah, so Adelaide. I almost do. And my reason for this is they almost do always make finals, don't they? But they, they never have. So you sure do, Adelaide. You almost do. Um, Brisbane, holy ground, purely just because they've got strong gallop energy, like strong, like, you know what I mean? And it's good, good vibes. 
Um, so that's whole, that's Brisbane. Canberra is, uh, this is my bias showing, I've got stay, 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 because they're just, uh, I've been loving you for quite some time. Very wholesome, like inoffensive as well, I guess. Um, Nick's is uh, begin again, I guess, because the club has a chance to begin, begin again. Um, but I don't know if they've been in a highly toxic relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal before this, but it still kind of works. I don't know. Um, and then Melbourne, oh no, Melbourne City is a, I knew you were trouble because mainstreams, uninspired. Um, that's probably a bit rude. Sorry. Sorry, Melbourne City. Um, <laughs> it's just how I feel. This is just a personal opinion. This is not fact. Take it as you take it as you will. And then um, Melbourne Victory, uh, again, biased, but state of grace is like, that's how I feel. But I will say that there's been quite a number of occasions where, um, so a friend of the pod, Tom, has driven me and Anna home after a loss and we've just put on all too well. And it's like genuinely just like, it's not even funny. Like that's the feelings. <laughs> that's the moment. That's, that's what's happening. So thankfully we've progressed past that for Melbourne victory, but I swear to God, if they do it again, I'm not going to be happy. I don't know more all too well for Melbourne victory. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's very niche, very stupid. Um, but do, do, they, do you get the 10 minute version out if they betray you again? Like, I mean, that's only like coming home from Amy Park where they're now playing. You get through it twice and probably be home. Like The 10 minute version, true. <laughs> I don't know that I think that have to really I don't know I I think we're fine I think I think it's okay I don't know uh we'll see we'll see I'm I'm hopeful going into this season though will you bring a part two to this to next week's pod part two no well I just remaining clubs no no sorry (laughs) what what I just like the, because the, the remainder songs, it's like, okay, so like Starlight, I feel like if I use the remainder songs, I'll be saying rude things about people or they're like really sad songs and I don't feel that deeply about the rest of the clubs, you know what I mean? Um, that's so that's that's why like when I did the Bachelorette one, I saved the really sad ones because we don't know what emotional turmoil Brooke is going to go through in the coming weeks and what like configurations of a heartbreak we're going to see with these other contestants. So I saved them for these coming weeks. Um, but yeah, but I that was like when I was doing that, I'd like just put my least favorite songs with the least favorite contestants. And I don't want to roast W League clubs too much. Anyway, this is all time pod content. Yeah, this is like a guaranteed video, isn't it? All-time episode. I did like, you know, Phoenix, Begin Again, beautiful synergy there. If I was you, I would have been real basic bitch and been like, Adelaide United is red, red. because they're red <laughs> and the album is called Red. I, like, I thought there was a few you could run with with just Perth Glory being cut off from everyone. <laughs> Bit of comeback, be here. Or stay, stay, stay. Hmm. <laughs> I just will they come back? Will they be here? We just don't know, Mr. McGowan. What you gonna do? So true. So true. Twenty-two is <laughs> twenty-two goes out to Western United and the Central Coast Mariners. Why? Because we're gonna see him in twenty-two. <laughs> Genius. Very smart. Very good. <laughs> Love how we've contributed. Just played my role. Slowly working off the bench. 
slowly working our way through it. Anyway, let's continue with a little bit of dub chat, but it's a boot because it's not great. We Well, Sam, you discussed it uh, a bit on Twitter, so would you like to just kind of explain the, the boot? <sighs> yeah. I mean, we've sort of talked about it in several kinds of ways already. So this week we saw the launch finally of the APL's new digital platform called Keep Up. Um, it is being presented as a sort of go-to for all kinds of football content. Um, The media release said that there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that continues to be added to it. Presumably that means when broadcast and other kinds of media rights around the world come up for sale, the APL are going to be sort of involved in those kinds of conversations, which is cool, really exciting. Um, The platform itself I had some trouble accessing it, I think, because everyone was like clicking on it. And so it kind of crashed a couple of times. But I did notice as I was starting to click around and and, um, investigate all the various drop down tabs and things that there were a couple of uh, bits that where they clearly forgot about the whole men's, women's equality branding thing. One of them was when you click down um, on the competitions tab and you try to scroll through and, and click on your particular competition that you're wanting to look at. We had, I posted this on Twitter as well, uh, we had A-League and then we had A-League Women's. And, you know, I think someone tagged Danny Townsend, the poor poor dear, he's sort of the, the front face of all this, even though it's not his responsibility. Um, someone tagged him on Twitter and he said, yes, it was an oversight, they apologised, they're working on it, that sort of thing. But, you know this is the sort of stuff that you want to have figured out from the start because other than when a really serious moment happens, the launch of something like this is going to be the moment where the most, you have the most eyeballs on your thing that you've produced. So by virtue of that, surely you want to ensure that everything is as consistent and ironed out as possible which it doesn't seem to be. Like I, I think I described it as it feels like they launched like the the draft version of this website accidentally without actually doing all the fine tuning and all the polishing and ensuring that someone had a look at the entire thing to, you know, to make sure that everything was consistent with the philosophy and the principles that they had been espousing over the last couple of months in terms of this rebrand. And it wasn't even just on Keep Up. It was on Channel 10's social media as well. I noticed that they called it the W League, which I was like, first of all, I had sort of a PTSD flashback. So I was like, oh, it's the W, it's us. It's, it's you know, it's the stuff that we've been, we've been missing. It's the stuff that we've been fighting for, for all, throughout all this entire bloody conversation. So the fact that, you know, it's not even just the organisation itself, but it's major broadcast partner can't be consistent with the language how can you expect fans, particularly new and casual fans who don't know anything about these competitions, how can you expect them to start to pick up this new lexicon? How can you expect them to know what each of these things are, especially when you don't have the the, the women's competition with a, a like a naming rights sponsor, which completely throws out the whole idea behind well, the weird mental gymnastics from the APL's perspective is that they're dropping the men's and women's suffixes from these descriptions once they've both got a title sponsor. 
but only one of the competitions has a title sponsor. So how do you like, so how do you not make sure that you already have two title sponsors for your two competitions so that you can do it both at the same time and not cause any, con- so this is the thing. It just feels like it's been really rushed. It feels like it hasn't been prepared properly. And it feels like there hasn't been proper oversight from someone who understands the way that language works from a marketing perspective and particularly understanding the issues that we on this podcast and on, on our various social media accounts have been talking about when it comes to this rebrand in particular. It's frustrating um, and I'm sort of just tired by it. Like I'm, I'm almost not disappointed because it's I almost expected this sort of shit to happen, you know. But, you know, just be better. You know, you, you can't expect all of us to follow your lead if you're not even following the lead in the first place. So big old boot to the APL. Mind a bit of good news, Sam. I was just on Twitter as we were doing this and it looks like they are making the changes or they have made the changes to mute A-League men and A-League women. As, as you said, it's something that could have been avoided. And yeah, if you're saying to media, and I think media generally have been pretty diligent with saying A-League men, A-League women, because obviously most media don't include sponsors. Yep. you got to lead the way. I think that's something that everyone can agree on. If you're going to push for a big change like this and, and take the plaudits, they got a lot of plaudits for making that call, especially from people outside of football. Mm-hmm. You've got to be consistent. Because if you're not consistent yourself, you can't expect anyone else to be. So hopefully we see consistency going forward. And yeah, it's not the A-League and the A-League women, which is what we don't want to see. That being said, the actual Keep Up platform and the content that's on the platform, very good from, you know, kind of first reads, all the kind of different um pieces they've got they've got a heap of contributors you know and not just your kind of stock standard journos but other people fans so there's a whole heap of actual content that's really good and I think we're all kind of really excited to see where it goes how it continues how it progresses so the actual content on the platform good just make sure the names are correct I'm a little bit confused I don't want to like whinge or anything but it's very busy there's they're like covering all the competitions which is a bit hectic but I'm kind of interested yeah I'm interested to see where that goes maybe this is I think the idea is that it's going to be like the hub for football news in Australia so that makes sense but when I saw that I was like wow that's a lot of work (laughs) go for it (laughs) I suppose And one thing I do know is obviously working at AAP, they are taking our copy and that'll be across A-League women and A-League men. So that's exciting in terms of lots of coverage, coverage of matches, coverage of presses, all those, you know, features, all that stuff. And I imagine there would be a level of wire coverage in terms of the, I know they've taken our stuff in terms of Matildas and Socceroos and I imagine that would extend to, your FAWSL or your Premier Leagues, for example, where we have Australians there. So if they can maintain the balance of taking that sort of content and then adding, continuing to add, um, I guess, senior writers and you've mentioned fan perspectives, Marissa, and different things, then, yeah, it it could be exciting. And it's already certainly a lot better than what we saw from previous um, iterations of A-League and W-League websites which I spent a lot of time on when all those fixtures were getting moved around over the last couple of years, and they were not fun to be on, not fun at all. But um, it's good to see, it's good to see some ambition and uh, yeah, a concerted effort to I guess lift coverage and yeah, give it a fresh look. Just get those competition names right and consistent. 
yes, so a very obvious boot from us. Don't want to do it again, but let's get into some how goods to wrap this thing up. Angela, would you like to start with a how good? Uh, yes, I do have a how good. Very on brand for me. Sam Kerr calling her cat her bestie. Like same, same. And I promise Melon doesn't, isn't standing behind me with, you know, you have to say this, like it's mutual, I think. Anyway, I loved that. I don't, that was just in the, um, they did like a photo shoot um, for her re-sign where she's, you know, she loves their fashion. So she was in her fashion and they did like quotes and it's all very, you know, aesthetic. And she's like, yeah, I hung out with my cat during the pandemic. Anyway, so love that. They're just like us, you know. <laughs> How good. Angela, you'd probably know, like, does the white cat hair, does it get on all the fashion? Oh, yeah, 100%. But, it, like, if you're Sam Kerr, you you think about that, you know, like you probably don't, you know, go for the cuddles when you're wearing something nice. I, on the other hand, it's just, it is what it is. It's in everything and on everything. So, anyway, yes. I, I, I do not have fashion. That's the difference. You can get fashion. That's a, a thing you could get. But, no, we do love it. How good. Uh, Harrow, how good? Yeah, my how good um, related to the women's football weekend in the UK, which is funny because to us every weekend is women's football weekend. The FAWSL is on like every week anyway. So I guess it tied in with the international break, but whatever. Anyway, as part of it... Um, there was this great feature, the writers James Bird, images Flora McLean. Um, Mondial Mag did A Day in the Life of Maria Petri, who, if you guys have seen Maria, she is the Arsenal super fan. She's like 90 years old and she loves Arsenal men, women, and the under-23s, I think she said was her three teams. And her house is just full of like pennants from all over the world. Um, she talked about how she was um, – it's a great interview. you got to read it like – um, you know, being one of the early ones starting chants in the stands and getting told to get back in the kitchen by some blokes and her just telling them to get stuffed and carrying on. And she started some of the really big chants for the, the women's team as well. Got great photos with so many players, great relationship with the players. And like Arsenal is clearly just such a big part of her life. And these are the sort of fans that missed out over the last sort of 18 months because of the pandemic and um, playing behind closed doors and the women's season last year, um, not last season, the season before getting cut short. These are the sort of people and characters that you miss out. And people like Maria are those that make the game. It's that line about football is nothing without fans. And it's really true with people like this. And she's clearly so warm and loved and uh, welcomed by Arsenal, who have clearly just been brilliant in their dealings with her over the years. And yeah, it's fantastic. It's um yeah, a real must read um, to just because it's so heartwarming and great. Just seems like one of the best people in football. So, yeah, Maria, Arsenal superfan, getting the love she well and truly deserves. How good? Real aspirational nuffery to be like that full on at 90 and still going for it. You really do love to see it. Sam? Two walking sticks. Still go. <laughs> bang, bang. Good, good for her. <laughs> good for her, indeed. <laughs> she tells us about fossil morsels of the fossil i really appreciated that she knows what she wants in a bacon sandwich she's very clear i love that i actually this she's adorable i love this woman she's fantastic anyway we love maria we also love sam who would like to give us a how good right now 
Yeah, so speaking of organisations doing work in terms of furthering gender equality, I want to give a shout out to the PFA. Uh, the PFA this week had their annual general meeting where they uh, had a couple of re-elections and elections to their executive. So Liddy Williams uh, was re-elected for another three years to the executive committee, which is fabulous. She joins Elise Keller Knight, Tamika Yallop and Kim Carroll at the top there alongside Kate Gill, of course, who's the co-chief executive. Um, and alongside that, they have also given a PFA life membership to both Amy Chapman and to Laura Brock as rec recognition for their services to the game over the course of their careers. So that's really fabulous. And it now means that the PFA are one of the only football organisations to have pretty close to 50-50 gender equality at their executive level. Um, I think it's about five to seven at the moment, which is really great sort of stemming from perhaps uh, Football Australia's 40-40-20 rule, they're really taking that in the direction of trying to get 50-50, which is something that all organisations in Australian football should be, and football more generally really, should be striving towards. So good job, PFA. How good? More women. How good? We want more. <laughs> We're very simple people. Just give us more women. Anyway. That's enough from us today. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google. Subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a review. Remember, you can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Award at the Australian Podcast Awards. There are ways to do that in our Instagram bio. I think we've put it on Twitter. We'll share it again if you happen to vote for us there. Thanks. That's really nice of you. We really appreciate that. Um, if you want to chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social medias. But until next time, see yous. <laughs>